Hold me close, I'm Tony Danza. Count the headlights on the highway. Oh, Tony, Tony. Tony. Case, Tony. have you seen the Friends reunion? No, not yet. I did, and I loved it. Oh, it, wait, it's on, is it on HBO Max? It's on HBO Max. I was invited to a friend's house because I don't have HBO Max. We have HBO Max because watch while it. we were on vacation, we had to... <laughs> We had to upgrade our phones so they would have hotspots because, holy crap, my kids were like, we have no service. The Wi-Fi here sucks. I'm like, you know, we are on vacation. Go outside and read a book. Yeah. Read a book. Go kayaking. It's on my phone. (laughs) So anyway, we got HBO Max. You should watch it. So we'll have to watch. I better watch everything on it now quick because we're the free trials ending and you're out. (laughs) Watch the reunion. It's, it just, it's, it's, it's basically like interviews, but it's so fun to see the cast back together. And there's just a lot of really fun nostalgia things that they do. So you have to see it. Okay. Speaking of nostalgia, what are we doing in August? Oh my gosh. Well, 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 first of all, we haven't, we really should say welcome okay. to the clubhouse. Welcome to the clubhouse. <laughs> Hi everyone. I'm Beth. And I'm Kirsten and this is the Made for TV Movie Podcast. Okay. In August, my friends, for my birthday, my dear friend Beth is taking me to see her boyfriend, Sean Cassidy. Oh! I'm so excited. Yay. I'm so excited. And I love that it's kind of school start time for I know. me and I don't have to work the I next know. day. And I don't have to work the next that whole term so I'm not working either until the next week. Hooray. So it's perfect timing for both of us and yes. we only have to go. It's down in Chicago. We're going to see him in Chicago. If anybody else is going to go see him, let hit us up on uh, on Insta and Facebook and let us know. Yeah. Yeah, cuz we we can't wait. I can't wait. I'm we're so excited. excited. Yeah. Well, and guess what? We're back for our 13th episode. Yeah. And it's another one based on true You crime. know how much I love those true crimes. It's true. So, we will have our real murder segment at the end of this episode. We have been really enjoying the comments on Instagram and Facebook. Yes. And we have had some DMs in the emails with suggestions. We just had had somebody send us a suggestion. I'm sorry I forgot the person's name, but I will shout out to them when we actually do it. For a Melissa Joan Hart movie I've not even heard of. I think it's called Twisted Desire. Ooh, fun. So it's not streaming right now. So we have to be a little patient. Hopefully in the fall. Okay. Throw that on the schedule. All right. But that one looks pretty good. So I'm hoping. And we're trying to get all of those things on our calendar. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we do have to wait, like Beth just said, um, if it's not streaming, so just be patient. Yeah. And let us know what you guys want to do because we, we kind of have a calendar and we, we always have like the next movie for sure set, Mm -hmm. but we've changed up the whole time. Yeah, Yeah, sure. So we're, we're good with changing it up. And, and if it's not available, we'll wait for it to stream or we've actually gotten a couple of DVDs now because we haven't been able to, but I found a trucker movie. We did. I can't you wait. Did. We I can't wait. We're doing that later in the summer. Just yeah. for a little fun. Just to, some fun. It's got it's Annie. Annie Potts. I mean, they're fucking so excited. Yes. Who doesn't love Annie Potts? Right. Okay. So for this episode, this one Casey previewed one evening when it came up <laughs> as a, you should watch. It's called Deadly Whispers. And it aired on CBS on May 10th, 1995. Wayback Machine TV Tango says the movie is based on a book by Ted Schwartz. A loving blue-collar West Virginia couple is devastated when their 19-year-old daughter, who didn't return home one night, is found murdered. 
As the investigation drags on, the police begin to suspect the girl's unstable father, who, as it turns out, is suffering from an undiagnosed multiple personality disorder. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Okay. Or so he says. Or so he says. Tony Danza stars as Tom Acton. Tony oh. Danza. Tony. He's been on the TV since the early 70s. I do love Tony Danza. We love a good Tony Danza. He's a song and dance man. He is a song and dance man. Yeah. He yes. is probably most well known for his roles in Taxi, which was in the 70s. And of course, Who's the Boss, which was in the 80s. And he was named, his characters were Tony in both. Yes, it's true. Yes. He also hosted a daytime talk show in the early 2000s, which yes. we both loved. Loved it. And later he became a teacher. And then he had a docuseries on Annie where he was in, I want to say, in a Philadelphia. Well, I, I'm going to have to look I, that I up. watched it. Okay. It was actually quite good. Okay. I think it was like a six or eight series. Here's the thing, thing. with Tony Danza. He's a super cheese ball. And I love every single cell yes. of that cheese ballness yes. that he is. Yes. Not a dramatic actor. No, 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 no. Which we saw firsthand. We did. Yeah, we did. But yeah. I just want to say before we get into that, I want everyone to know where I stand on Tony Danza. Yeah. I stand on Tony's side. I love the man. Yeah. I I think he's fantastic. Yeah. Just not a dramatic actor. He's a comedian and a song and dance man. Kind of like when I say to you, just not a singer, Beth. No. Not I'm singer. not a singer. Yeah. I'm not offended just, by that. Yeah. It's true. It's not my thing. It's not your thing. No. Stay in your wheelhouse. No. Stay in your wheelhouse. Tony needs to do that. Yeah. But we do adore him. And we yes. we go to a party at his house because I bet 100%. he has. 100%. But his party's fucking rock. And I bet he, I, I just think he's just, he's just a nice guy. Awkward. I, I feel like it. Just funny yeah. and fantastic. I feel so. like he's not super Hollywood. I feel like that too. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. Yeah. He, so he's won a People's Choice Award, and he's been nominated for an Emmy and four Golden Globes. Yeah. Pamela Reed plays Carol Acton. She's a character actress with 76 IMDb credits to her name. Most recently, she's guest starred on NCIS Los Angeles, because <laughs> I can't spell, and Parks and Recreation. I think she's probably most famous for playing Arnold Schwarzenegger's partner in Kindergarten Cop. Yep. She's got one of those faces where you're like, I've seen her many, many and times. And then you can't place it. And she's solid every time. Yeah. Every time. And I, I mean, she's been in so much, but mm -hmm. not. she's a character actor, so nothing real stand up. Correct. Detective Jackson is played by the incredible Ving Rhames, oh. who is completely wasted in this movie. His yes. talents are completely wasted. It's true. He is a Golden Globe winner, winner for his portrayal in Don King Only in America. He plays Luther Strick Strickle in the Mission Impossible movies. I have to say I've never seen any of them. Uh, yes. Uh, I don't know. And same. he was in Con Air, which I loved because it was um, oh, I remember John that. Cusack playing, mm -hmm. playing a, a dramatic role. Yep. And he was in Pulp Fiction, which to this day, I will never understand why people like that movie. I thought it was shit. It was dumb. It made no sense. I know. There was a time where like, who the hell was the director? Was it Quentin Tarantino? Yeah, Made yeah. all these movies and everybody said yay. But I think people thought that because they didn't understand them because they were terrible. Yeah, they were. They were, they were all terrible. Mm -hmm. I, I stand by that. I agree. Tarantino. Yeah. He has 132 credits on IMDb. He's amazing, but not in this movie. I mean, no, he's good he's in this good. movie. It's they just didn't give him anything to it's do. It's just a dumb movie. Our Murder, She Wrote connection goes to Sal Landy, who plays Tom's father, 
for about two minutes of the movie, oh, maybe yeah. maybe four. Yes. He's also a character actor. He's got 115 credits on IMDb. Wow. And then we have the neighbor played by Karen Cameron Mannheim. Oh. I loved her in the practice. Yep. She's been in a lot of things. She was in An Unfinished Life, and she's currently starring on Big Shot with John Stamos. Mm -hmm. I spent a lot of money on Tiger Beats with Sean Cassidy on the cover and John Stamos. Yes, it's true. I loved him. Yes. I still do. He's a very, very good looking man. Yeah. So when you think about it, Beth, we've got like a cast of really strong actors yes. and actresses with and a shit movie. With a stupid movie. So yes. let's start talking about the stupid movie, yeah. shall we? Let's let's do it. All right. So the movie opens with text telling us the following is suggested by actual events. There's some nice music, birds singing, and a sunny day. Moves to a house, an alarm clock going off. Tom Acton, played by Tony Danza, turns off the alarm and goes back to sleep. Carol Acton, his wife, gets up and out of bed and calls to wake up their three kids. Kathy Acton, the oldest daughter, gets out of bed. And then they're always... They get out of bed and go to the bathroom. They have like this, they have this so like weird. order of going to the bathroom because they only have one bathroom. I think it's yeah. trying to emphasize that. I think that. we should probably clarify that they're a very poor family. Yes. And they don't, they do talk about being poor, but you can tell by the home and the clothing and the. Yeah. The paneling everywhere, which actually it's, it's like pine paneling. Yeah, and it's, it's not, like, it's, it's not like cheap, no it's gross like, paneling. Actually, yeah. it's not bad paneling, but I think any paneling make, is supposed to make you look poor. I guess. I guess. I don't I know. I think the clothing was, was the most telltale. And the fact that Carol never brushed her hair. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> she makes breakfast though, while listening to the news and weather, uh, the kids come in the kitchen for breakfast for the, and for the toast. For the toast that she puts in an oven to toast. <laughs> I guess we're supposed to think they're so poor that they don't have a toaster. I don't know. I don't know. Then Tom gets out of bed last. Kathy asked her mom if she read her story, and Tom said it's racy. Kathy wants to take a creative writing course, even though she dropped out of high school, and her, her dad does not let her forget that. No. He is not very encouraging. He's an asshole. All right. Then we cut to Tom's auto salvage business. Where he drops a car from a forklift from like Boom. 10 feet up. Like, I know. I don't get that. I think maybe he does it for, if I had <coughs> the ability to do that, I would do it just for fun. Just for fun. Yeah. <clears throat> Kathy works for her dad and she's in the office making out with this guy <laughs> named Jim McDaniel. Uh, Tom comes in looking for a flannel, even though it's like summer and warm out. It's always cold. There's this weird. You seen my couch? There's, if you see my coat, make sure to get it back to me. Yeah. There's this like underlying storyline of him always being cold, which is Ugh. stupid. Yeah. It's just dumb. And it's just a yeah. diversion from the real facts of the story, I it's think. It's true. So Tom comes into the office looking for his coat and breaks up Kathy's makeout session with the worker. We find out a bit about Kathy from Tom. Let's hear what he has to say. You know what I always figured about riders, Kathy? Riders got to be pretty smart. I'm smart. Yeah, but you made some bad choices. Dropping out of high school was one of them. We've been through all that before. I just don't like waste is all. Sometimes I feel you're wasting your life with some bad choices. 
We were just listening to the uh, Who's the Boss theme song. I wanted to play it. We talked about playing it, but then I went afraid with copywriting. Yeah, we don't want to make get, anybody upset. Yeah, I don't want to I don't want to get any upset. I don't want to get the whole thing. The it's a great theme song. Do, 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 do. What's your favorite theme song? Mine is for sure The Greatest American Hero. Um, I yes, Greatest American Hero. Welcome back, Cotter's um, my number two. Let's see. Uh, what, was it was it called Welcome Back? Yeah, yeah. Welcome. I back. love theme songs. The dreams we to get out. Greatest American Hero was the best. Yes. Um. Oh, I had something else on my mind, but it's gone. You'll have to think about we'll it think and about let us it. know. Yeah. So in the next scene, it's dark, and Kathy and Jim are sitting in a car. Jim is the married man that she's having an affair with, mm -hmm. who I think is significantly older than her as well. Yeah. And they're kind of arguing or like, I don't know, not arguing. He's just being a buck. Yeah, he's kind of being poopy. Yeah. He's married and, and she tells him she isn't trying to trap him and he should sit back, sit back, relax and have a good time. Mm -hmm. And then a car pulls up behind him, but we don't find out who it is because it goes to commercial. Yeah. But well, we know later who it is. It's, it's a station in. wagon. So yeah. we know it's. We know it's Tom. So at the next day at the mailbox, neighbor Betty. Oh, Cameron oh, Manheim. Betty. Tells Carol. Betty. Another Betty. Another so many Betty. Bettys. I know. Tells Carol she needs to check her mail. And then she's super excited because Carol got a sweepstakes for him. And Betty's the only one who didn't get one. Oh, oh my dad used it's to fill those It's just the strangest. Out. Why would that part even be? Again, like, are you trying to emphasize that they're poor and that Publisher's Clearinghouse is how they're going to... Yeah, or that she's just like the nosy neighbor because she really wasn't. No, she was like she actually was friend. trying to be helpful. Yeah. So who knows? This movie, nothing dumb. makes sense about it. Yeah. So Betty asks Carol if she's talked to Kathy about moving out, and Carol says no. And then later, Kathy comes out onto the porch where Carol is to tell her that her journal is missing and that the youngest daughter, Crystal, has it. Kathy complains that she has no privacy and threatens to leave. Carol tells her she can't afford to live on her own. And then Carol tells Kathy to go take a hot bath and relax. Oh, there you go. You know, that's the solution. Seems like a good answer. I know. Actually, it's not a terrible response, but yeah. Tom is watching the Waltons. Oh, boy. What's with the fucking Waltons, too, oh. right? Ugh. With the two younger kids, Kathy comes home and Tom tells her supper is in the oven and to thank her mom for it. And Kathy apologizes for missing dinner and kisses Tom on the cheek. Ugh. And then she goes in to sit and eat. And Carol lectures her about Tom wanting the entire family home for supper. Ugh. Ugh. She's 19. Right? Ugh, I was never home. Even even, 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 even when we're all home. School. Like, I can't even get my kids to, do you want to eat dinner with me? No, mom. Yeah. Oh. All right. Kathy says she feels like she's being followed. Well, because she is. Yeah. Tom comes into the kitchen and asks who's following her. Carol suggests it's an ex-boyfriend. Of course. Tom wakes up in the middle of the night with a chill. Poor Tom. Poor Tom. So chilly. Tom the murderer. Yeah. Carol says she's worried they're going to lose Kathy, and he says they already have. Carol says she needs to have more freedom. She, Carol, Kathy needs more freedom. Yeah. So Tom says he would have loved to have this someone to take care of him when he was her age. And then he promises to find a vehicle for Kathy. Yep. So there you go. Yeah. He's going to get her a car. Right. The next night, Tom comes home without Kathy and asks where she is. Carol says she should be with him. Tom says he got a call about a red pickup truck for sale. He said he met the seller with Kathy and she went off on a test drive with the seller and never returned. It's the weirdest story yeah. I've ever heard. Yeah. You couldn't call 911 when she didn't return? 
Well, and like you're the most overprotective, weird father, and you're going to let your daughter just drive off with a strange man yeah. and for a test drive of a vehicle. Yeah, without exactly. you, and without even asking for the guy's it's ID. Like not even or, plausible. Wait, did you not write down the 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 license plate number? You no. could have done that. Yeah. No, oh wait, no. there's reasons why. Yeah, right? reasons. Oh plausible is right it's this whole movie is just very poorly written yes they drive around until dawn and then they call oh, okay so Car i'm sorry carol tucks the younger kids into bed and then she goes and meets tom on the porch the, there's a lot happening on this porch yeah and they decide to search for kathy now they drive around till dawn so the children are presumably home alone yeah and i don't know if we even actually said this but tom's story is that she drove off with this guy and never came back yeah so he just yeah. came home yeah so he just not yeah that's why i said he should have went and called 911 yeah. or okay or to the police station um maybe there's a thought for this tiny little town that's a busy ass police station true story mm -hmm. and large that's a lot of reporters in this tiny little town. yes too. it's true mm -hmm. he says kathy um so this is where we get to meet ving rames they pull up to a closed gas station to the payphone because back then in the 80s, that's how you called the popo unless you went home and called him from your phone. Yes. Detective Jackson, our Ving Rames, meets with them and he says Kathy isn't considered missing for 24 hours and that there's an APB out on the man and the vehicle she test drove. How do you have an APB out on nobody? That's that's a question I have. And I also think, and I could be wrong, I feel like I've heard that 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 the twenty four hours waiting for someone it's to be not missing true. is not true. No, you know I listen to so many missing persons podcasts. Yes, and so many times um, I hear that is not the truth. They have to take the report. They will try and talk you out of doing it for twenty four to forty eight hours. Yeah, but by law they have to take it. Yeah, just I just so just do it. Just, just make the it. report now. Also, the the flip side of that is that they can take the report and do nothing, which they often always uh, do. Okay. That does happen. But okay. at least you have the report in there. Okay. And it's interesting because Ving Rhames' character is trying to talk them out of looking for Kathy when in mo the reality is the family really does a lot of the work. Yes. If, if it's a long-term missing. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that's what I know from the podcasts I listen to. Okay. So, um, so we find out here that Kathy's 19 and then the detective tells Carol that sometimes young people stay out all night. It's true. It is true. It's true. He suggests Tom take Carol home. Which I think is such a misogynistic. Absolutely. Piece of, we don't even have. Yeah, yes. we're not even. So he says he's going to find Kathy and they leave. Okay. Back at the Acton house. I want to say action because I don't like. Acton. I know. <laughs> right? bad. Yeah, I know. Tom is pacing. Carol yes. suggests they talk to her ex-boyfriend because Kathy said someone was following her. And then the little kids are upset. Tom suddenly gets mean. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's so out of the blue and yep. uncalled for. Hmm, why don't we listen to Case? We'll take a little break and listen. Yes. Yeah. Break time. Get some snacks. Okay. Okay. If I hadn't what? Everything was fine. We had rules, order. Kathy left with me. She came home with me. And that was right. She was going to leave us, Thomas. How? You were the one who said she should have more freedom. She should have her own car. How could you say that to me? Oh. Where are you going? Jim McDaniel. He knows where she is. Why would Jim know? He's got her. I know it. And we're Action. back. Action for acting. <laughs> All right. So <clears throat> Tom confronts Jim and tells him to tell Kathy to come home. Jim seems genuinely confused and upset about finding out that Kathy's missing. Yep. 
So now we are back at the Acton house. Carol is vacuuming. In her oh smock. my God, in her smock. We have to discuss this. Yes, let's She do. talks about the chores around yes. the house that she has to do. Yeah. And she wears these ridiculous, like, you know what they are? They're like Edith Bunker aprons. Yes, that's what they are. That's what they are. Exactly. That old. And they have the pockets. Yes. And it's like a whole pull over your head. Like she is working, working, working. Yeah. I would I'm call so it a smock. Yeah, I know. I Yeah. It's that's awful. really the best descriptor for it. But you're right. That's, yes. Yeah, Edith Bunker. Yeah. Think of that. So Betty offers to take the kids to her house. Carol refuses and apologizes, saying she doesn't know what to do because her chores are done. Okay, chores. <laughs> okay. Again, once again, damn chores. Chores. So they talk, and Betty tries to make her feel better by saying she knows about a teenage girl who took off for a week, and Kathy probably did too, and Carol tells Betty about Kathy being followed. So, you know, let's remember that this is really, like, the mom really thinks like some creepy person. Well, you yeah. know what, what she really thinks is actually the truth. We'll get. Yeah. To yeah. So I think scene, she knows the truth. Yeah. So now we cut to a pretty river and it's so weird because I really, it's like, did they use a different camera and type of film on that? Yeah. Cause it was completely different. Yeah, right. It was sunny and beautiful. Yeah, it was so weird. And also like, well, it was a different state. Like in really, so yeah, maybe that's part of it, but it also reminded me of the uh, Missy Avila yeah. murder because that's where yeah. they killed her in a river and that's, yeah. they found her kind of in the same way. It's true. Yeah. It's true. So we've got a fly fisherman who finds Kathy's body as he's reeling in a catch. Ooh. Like that's very heavy and he can't mm. pull it in, of course. All right. So now Detective Jackson finds out that there's this young woman's body found. And so he... Um, shows a picture um, of, he, he, let me start this again. Detective Jackson finds out a young woman was found dead. He shows um, the person, the cop, uh, the cop um, at that scene, a picture of Kathy and says, is this the, the, the body girl. you found? And the cop says, I don't know because she has no face left. Ugh. Okay. So. Detective Jackson goes to the Acton home to inform them that they, Tom and Carol, that they, the police have found a body and they believe it's Kathy. So they show Tom and Carol a Polaroid and ask them to identify her, which I want to go back to this just real quick. If she had no face left, what were, what was he possibly showing? The clothes or the hair would be the only <coughs> things that I could think of. I mean, ugh, right. Okay. Right. So, I don't know. That's a good, mm. but maybe like you could tell your kid's hands or feet or something, right? You know what I mean? Like there might be well, some Well, other... I think so, but I just don't feel like that. Whatever. I mean, they we are, just... we've already said the writing is, could, yeah, leaves they, much to be desired. They should have just waited to do like a dental Dental or... records or something. Yeah. Because they said they did fingerprints, but where'd they get her fingerprints? Later on, remember? And oh, anyway, yeah. Anyway. All right. So. Uh, Tom looks at the picture and um, breaks down crying, yeah. sobbing, and says it's not, not her. her. And Carol agrees. And we we, talked we about that. don't really know. We don't really know that she agrees. She, yeah. Her face is weird. We think that it's possible he was kind of, I mean, because he's like, look, it's not her. It's not her. It's not her. And she's like, no, it's not her. She didn't even she really look at it. She had a weird look on yeah, her face. Yeah, it was kind of weird. Yeah. I think that dynamic was pretty unhealthy. True. All right, so in the next scene, the Actons are at church. Carol tells her Another neighbor, Betty, um, who's also at the church, because, you know, small town, yeah. um, that they've been out driving. 
someone tries to comfort Carol and Carol does not handle it well. Um, and then this is so dumb. Again, I hated this part. Carol freaks out because the kids are 10 feet away from her and she can't see them. Yeah. And um, everyone stares at Carol and um, she's yelling at them to leave her alone. <coughs> I'm so sorry. The allergies are really killing yeah, me today. The allergies are bad. I know my nose is super snarky. That's why I got my Kleenex here. I know. I And I've got like nothing. It's not, It's just all inside. Carol apologizes and tells, um, oh, so she's, Carol yells at her children for running away yeah. or being out of her sight or whatever. Yeah. And then she apologizes for yelling at them because she's just an absolute hot mess. And I don't blame her. No. Her daughter is missing. Yes. Um, okay. So the next scene is dark and kind of smoky. Detective Jackson drives up to find Tom Acton cutting his lawn with a hand trimmer. Um, which is what we used to have to use to do our, to trim our whole lawn as kids, by the way. Well, you that do, hand you would use those, but not to cut the whole lawn. You mm -hmm. use the mower, but the, if no. you have to trim around stuff, yes, yeah, we had to use that for sure. Um, okay. So the detective speaks to Tom, but Tom ignores him because he's clipping the lawn in the middle of the night yeah. like that. Um, Clearly, I guess we're supposed to realize he's having some kind of mental breakdown or whatever, whatever. Um, we have no patience for his mental breakdown. No. And I just want to, I want to say nobody could be more of an advocate for mental health exactly. than, than us. Yeah. However, this the ridiculousness not, yeah. of this makes us so mad. Part, partly because there's a big question of faking. It was, it was determined by the defense, this, this defense. So they're trying, this movie is just, it didn't, it's trying to work with facts that may or may not be actual fact anyway correct and it's trying to it's almost like it's backpedaling constantly yeah to like add these little bits that are like oh that's that little bit showing his mental illness that's that little bit showing but i just i don't it know it doesn't work it doesn't work no so um carol's on the porch and she um tells the detective that tom won't answer her either so now they go inside Tom has gotten up off the ground. They go inside. Detective asks Carol and Tom to both sit down. And he tells them that the murder victim they found was actually positively identified as Kathleen. Yeah. So let's take a break and listen to their reaction. Oh, we get to listen. It's going to be drama. It's going to be drama. Nothing to do with us, Mr. Jackson. Ma'am, I'm afraid that's not so. We made a positive identification. Fingerprints. Oh, dear God, no. I'm sorry. Believe me, I wish it weren't so. Are you sure? Are you sure? Yes, ma'am. It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a mistake. Kathy's <laughs> alive. She's out there someplace and she needs me. Kathy, honey, Kathy's here for you, honey. Kathy, Kathy's waiting for you, Kathy. There is a mess. It's running all over. <laughs> it's raining, but it's, it's not raining. prom night. Raining in my heart. It's raining. It's raining at Action Salvage. Acton Salvage. Oh man, man. Tom is sitting at his desk with his hands in his head, and he hears a voice. He hears and he's voice. like, 
who's that? I can't even do his bad. Accent. I know he's he's not good at accents. No, no, no. You can hear you can hear from the clips that he's not. No. Then it cuts to Carol tucking the daughter into bed, and then Carol leaves a light on, and the door open to the kids' room because I guess now Carol is super paranoid about her kids because one of them is missing. Yeah, so she's gone off the deep end about the others, which also is a little bit over the top. Over the top, but but yeah. I have much more tolerance for that yeah. than the Tom stuff. Yeah, I don't have any tolerance for the no. Tom stuff. I didn't have a lot of tolerance for Betty either. Betty Broderick. Oh, true. You know, so. I, not much tolerance for murderers, no. I guess is no, really I really don't. Be, spoiler alert. Yeah, and spoiler alert, we also don't believe that, you know, that whatever he's claiming to have is a defense for murder. No. It's not. No. Because you still did it. You still murdered someone. You still murdered someone. Yeah. Carol walks the halls of the house, and I should say the hall because it's a small house. Yeah. And we hear the rain, and she goes into Kathy's room, and music swells. Oh. And she holds one of Kathy's stuffed animals. It's very dramatic. Next morning, it's sunny, and they're at the police station. Well, yes, Detective Jackson is talking with Tom and Carol. They're trying to find the town the person named John, who took Kathy for a test drive, is from. They tell the detective they're going to look for John, and they will find him even if the detective doesn't okay tom and carol hand out flyers as the detective is speaking to possible witnesses and he's getting phone records he also speaks to kathy he speaks to kathy's married boyfriend jim who says his wife forgive forgave him for cheating but he doesn't know where kathy is right tom and carol go to pray where kathy was found okay and then Detec detective jackson go goes to axe <laughs> De there's there's Jackson nearby, and they just I know. had action in Jackson. I, right. <laughs> I know. It's too much. It's too much. Rubber baby buggy bumper. Detective Jackson goes to Acton's house woo woo. to speak with Carol. He tells her no one remembers seeing Tom, Kathy, or the driver and pickup truck. He said that every truck, like the one Tom described, has been checked out, I think in the county, he said. Yeah. And then Jim and that Jim Daniels McDaniels cleared. So there's really only one possibility left. Yeah. We should stop and listen and hear what he, the detective has to say. Okay. Sorry, Carol. Sorry, Carol. Poor Carol. Poor mm. put upon Carol. And then there's Mr. McDaniel. Did you talk to Jim? Yes, ma'am. He's clean. Well, that just leaves a man on the red pickup then, the man that called my husband. Miss Acton, we have a complete description of a man who doesn't seem to exist. A phantom truck. No record at the phone company of any call coming in at the time your husband says it did. Oh, Mr. Jackson. No call, no truck, no witnesses, no man. Which leads me to only one conclusion. What's that? That there is a suspect in this case. Unfortunately, the suspect happens to be your husband. Action. All right. So... <laughs> Ready, set, go. Carol, um, okay, so Carol kicks Detective Jackson out. <laughs> Which she should have. Get the fuck out of my house. Yeah, bitch. so he tells her that for the safety of her and her children, she needs to understand that Tom may be guilty. Mm -hmm. And he tells her to be careful, and then he leaves. You know, because what else is he going to do? Right. Back at the police station, Carol and Tom are ushered in by Detective Jackson. They're surrounded by media yelling questions. It's hilarious. It's so weird. Those, those, like, just... Would there be like that kind of 
No, I'm trying to think of like, like no, 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 not mm-mm. so no. not media. No. Anyway, Detective Jackson tells them that there are no tells the media that there are no charges. Tom and Carol are separated into different rooms. The detective stays with Carol and um, he asks about Tom's relationship with Kathy. Carol tells um, tells the detective that. Um, she and Tom have been married for 20 years and have made it through hard times. The hard Some times comes up a lot. Now it starts to all the time. Yeah. We've been through hard times. You hard got times. me through hard times. Hard Remember times. when we lived in that tent? Like what? What? She says she's um, through talking to the detective. The detective said he still has questions. Carol tells them that unless he charges her, they're done speaking and she's taking Tom with her. That's so the smartest thing she could do. Really. It is. But it's like, so she go like takes his hand as if he's like incompetent. A child. I mean, yeah. because suddenly he owns this business and yeah. he has raising six kids and suddenly she has to hold his hand. Yeah. This is all very sudden onset, which I don't not a, I'm not a, I'm not a psychiatrist, but I would be very surprised that anybody in their late forties would suddenly get this. Yeah. If it exists at all, which we talk, we've which talked we question. Yes. yes. So Carol goes into the office where Tom is being questioned, tells him it's time to go, tells detective Jackson that she and Tom are going to find the pickup and she'll accept the detective's apology when they do. There you go. So now back at home, Betty tells Tom and Carol that the kids were teased at school and told that their daddy was a killer and they ought to sleep with one eye open. Carol tells the kids that whatever um, the, the other children told them was a lie and that their daddy has always been there for him, for them. So in the next scene, it is nighttime and we see Carol in bed asleep Ugh. alone. Ugh. Rolling my eyes. Yep. She wakes and calls out to Tom and we hear a voice. Carol goes out to find Tom outside without a shirt. She asks him who he is speaking to. And Tom asks why she's not in bed and says he wasn't talking to anyone. She says it's cold. And now all of a sudden he doesn't he's notice. Not, yeah, he's now cold. suddenly he's not cold. Yeah. When before he was like freezing all the time. I'm cold, weird Carol. Yeah. Where's my flannel, Carol? Mm-hmm. If you find it, you have to tell me. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So now, now this is a weird one. Kids are yeah. feeding rabbits. Rabbits. And Carolyn, uh, Carol is telling them that um, the rabbits are going to have babies any day now. And uh, a sheriff's car pulls into the driveway and a woman from CBS comes out of the, of the sheriff's car, explains that they have a court order order to take the children there is the most ridiculous um, scuffle, <clears throat> I should say kerfuffle, right? When the, um, getting the yeah. kids are taken away, it's like... And she's literally chasing the car down yes. and like screaming and hanging on while she's running. Yeah. It's just... It's ridiculous. Yeah, it's it's totally, It's for your own good. And, yeah. and they're screaming uh, and crying on all it's ends. It's so traumatic. So Carol now, having chased the police car down the road that is taking her children away... Um, she's in the road crying. Tom pulls up, she shoves him and then tells him that she's lost everything because of him. She tells him to stay the hell away from her and see. All right. So now it's night once again, and Carol is standing outside somebody's house, holding a brown paper bag in each hand. And, uh, detective Jackson pulls up behind her and she ignores him. He asks her what she's doing there, and she tells him they won't let her see them. She says she's never hurt her kids. 
He asks her what she has, and she tells him that she has some of the kids' things that they can't sleep without. Detective Jackson then takes her to the door to leave the items for the kids. And then he also, she also says something about bringing him a Pete Rose. And I was, was like, Pete Rose card. Yeah, I was like, that has to be like a super cheapy. If that, if they had a Pete Rose card, do you know, aren't they worth something? Yeah. Pete Rose, right? Yeah. I mean, I know he's been the whatever you do I don't happens know. when you're in a scandal, but I would still think the cards are worth money. Yeah. But remember, this is like the 80s. So he was like, that was, it, it wasn't like a collector. I even, suppose back he then he probably, yeah. he's probably wasn't, but was he even in trouble by then? I don't even remember. I don't think so. I don't know. Carol and Detective Jackson go inside and the old lady who answers said she called the detective because Carol was just standing outside for a long time. I love how she just calls the detective. The, yeah. Basically, how did she know where basically, her Basically, here's the were. thing. This is the foster home that that is the, the, the emergency foster home yeah. for her children there's no way she would know where that is no no None. you're not ever told where your children no. are taken that's kind of the point yeah so anyway um carol gives her kids the things that she brought and she hugs and kisses them gives her son um uh the pete rose card and um the old lady tells carol that they're good kids and carol and the detective then leave yeah all right so Carol returns home. Tom is standing outside asking where she's been. He tells her he's been scared, thinking she left him. She asks, why would she do that? She said she never left him before, even when they lived in a tent. Remember the hard times. Remember the hard times. He said he promised he'd buy her a house. <coughs> I'm so sorry. I'm trying to make it through. I know. And he said he made good on that promise. All right. So. Now, Carol asks Tom if he's harmed Kathy. He asks her if she thinks he could do that. She says they've been through so much. Once Ugh, again. Again. Blah, but blah, she needs blah. to hear him swear that he didn't. Tom leaves, telling her he's going to go and he's going to find that truck. Yeah, he sure is. All right. So now we've got... Uh, this, is, this is hilarious to me. Oh, because the next sir! morning... Tom pulls into the payphone, which was the same one that Carol was at. I mean, they, they only have this one out there. They only scene. have the one. Yeah. They only have the one payphone in the town. Yeah. He tells Carol he found the truck. It's near the old post office and tells her to let Detective Jackson know. Okay. So now <laughs> Carol gets in the police cars with the cops that speed off to find this truck. And they get to where Tom said to go. And um, it's not a pickup. Nope. It's actually uh, their station wagon. Yes. And I, again, why is Carol with them? I don't understand. <laughs> like, hey, let's go to a crime scene. And you want to come with? Come on. Come on. We need so, you to come along. So, um, and not only that, they let her like up into the car. Yeah. So they're not they, even like stand back, ma'am. No. So it's their car. He goes, he opens the front. Did he have gloves on? I don't no. even think he did. No. He opens the front, the driver's side door. There is a gun on the seat and blood all over the seat on the passenger side. And they show him looking in and then he backs up and like literally ushers Carol. Yeah. Here you go. Want to have a look? Yeah. Like what? Here's the crime scene where your daughter was murdered. Yeah. So Detective Jackson now says, where is Tom? And Carol says she doesn't know. So let's 
listen to what she has to say and to about what, that. Yes. Oh. Ma'am, if you know where your husband is, you better tell me now. I, I don't know. I swear I would never lie to you about a thing like that. Oh, my God, my children. What if he's after my children? Uh, Smitty, get on the box. Tell him I need two officers over there watching those kids now. I should yes, be there. Miss Acton, listen to me. You let me go. Listen to me. Now, we're going to find him, but I can't do it without you. Okay. All right. Now, if that's his car. He drives lots of different cars. Well, what car would he be driving now? They're watching my children. Are you sure they're watching? Yes, ma'am. I'm sure. Your kids are going to be fine. Now, think. What would he be driving now? The camper. He took off in the camper. I'm recording now, though. Okay. I'm recording your singing, and now we're going to keep going with the action. Yes. Now we see Tom driving a camper. It's not a camper. It's a pickup truck with a cap I on the know, back. I know, and Whatever. it's a gross old one. But it, yep. it has green and gold, so go Packers. Okay. He's talking to, quote-unquote, Kathy, who he believes is in the car with him. He tells her she's gotten into a mess, and he's going to take care of it. Oh boy. I think he did already, but whatever. Mm. At the Acton's house, Carol is on the porch again with Betty. Carol declares that Tom is gone and the kids need her. Betty tells Carol to keep calm. <laughs> it's great advice, friend. Yeah. Carol said Tom wanted his family to be like the Waltons, but it didn't turn out that way. Oh, so know. weird. Yeah. So I guess weird. I guess they're like the family that was poor and happy, and the Actons were not. I suppose. At, yeah, right? At the old lady house, the daughter, Crystal, seems to have gone missing. The old lady and the son are calling out and looking every... I don't even think they ever tell us what his name was, the son. No, I don't think so. No. Uh, Pete. Was it Pete? I think it is Pete. Pete. Pete is in ropes. Yeah. They find her, and she tells them to go away, and then she says she misses her mom and dad and Kathy and wants to go home. Yep. Tom is driving, and Kathy is complaining it's too hot, or fake Kathy. He tells her to go to sleep because they have a long night ahead of them. Yeah. Kathy says she didn't mean the things she said. At night, Carol is at home looking at pictures of Kathy. A police car pulls up behind the camper, and then the officer finds Tom asleep. The cop kind of wakes him up and asks, asks Tom if he's with someone, and the police officer says, yes, it's, it's his daughter, but she needs her sleep. And she asks... The police officer asked Tom to get out of the car, and Tom tells Kathy, it's all right, and, and he'll take care of everything. <sighs> in the next scene, Tom is in custody at the police station, and Detective Jackson escorts him inside. And, of course, again, they're surrounded by media. Yeah. Just surrounded by yeah. him. The paparazzi, paparazzi. All right, so Carol is talking to attorney Brandon. And he's explaining to Carol that Tom may have personal, multiple personality disorder or MPD. Yes. She says she may have seen signs. Oh. Hmm. She has seen oh, changes so in him. Sorry. Like he and turns into a little kid <laughs> when he's playing with the, his kids. And I know we, um, well, we took a break not too long ago, but let's listen. Sometimes I just think it's important for you to hear what's going on. Yeah, I know. I think, I think some of the, like this scene is it's, it's clarifying moment. Yeah. 
Let's listen. Talking about the same thing. I've seen these changes. I've seen him turn into a little boy when he's playing with my son, and um, I watch his body go stiff like and heard a voice come from somewhere else. I don't know. Well, why didn't you? Well, what would you have me do? Call the police because my man's moody? All right. So Carol tells him that she doesn't have a husband anymore and asks when she can get her kids back. Detective Jackson tells her that when they can prove that she wasn't involved in any murder or abuse that might be found. So Carol then says that maybe she was involved because she was supposed to keep her kids safe, but she failed. That's very sad. That's very sad. That's very sad that she thinks that she could be involved because she failed her kids. Because yeah. she's not the one who failed her kids. No, she's not. She's not. So um, Tom and Carol then meet. Tom tells her that it's cold and she uh -oh. says it don't matter. Ugh, I think again, she says language. it don't matter. Yeah. I think you just nailed it. <laughs> Thank asks, you very much. I'll be here he all week. He asks about the kids and Carol says they're fine. Then he asks how Kathy is. And says he told Kathy everything would be okay. Do you think I could win a Golden Globe for that? <laughs> it don't matter. It okay. don't matter. So Carol then yells at Tom that Kathy is dead, that Tom killed her, and Carol wants to know why. Tom seems confused. Carol tells him to let people help him. Then Tom turns into a different personality <sighs> and calls Carol a sniveling bitch and He's tells her it's her bitch. fault and that she let Tom get away with murder. Um, Carol repeats, no, he calls her disgusting and starts banging on the plexiglass between them. You know, they were like, um, like at a jail yeah, on the phone, phone things and threatens to kill Carol. And I will tell you this, Tony Danza as like lost it. Crazy man. Tom is fucking scary. It's, it's frightening. Yeah. I mean, it's not good, but it's frightening. So, yeah. It actually is probably the best acting in this movie. Actually, I, I agree because he's not over. It doesn't. No, no, feel he's overacting. not overacting it. It actually feels like it's pretty <laughs> natural that stuff. I honestly, I feel like when he was filming this, he could have done a better job. But I feel like he kept thinking about how his accent had to be. Yes, because it. He's got a kind of a New York Bronxy accent, I think. Yeah. So to do this accent, he they the accents are not good. No. No, they're not good. No, they should have just went with the Midwestern accent like Ving Rhames did. Yes. All right. So at the police station, Tom is under hypnosis and his attorney says any insight Carol could give would be helpful. So Carol's on the other side of a two way mirror while he's again part of the investigation. Yeah. So Tom says he's cold, but is not allowed to have a coat. Poor Tom is always cold. Poor Tom. He says he's 13. Um, that he's supposed to cut the grass, but he can't. He tells the psychologist that his daddy is mad. And then there's a flashback of 13-year-old Tom being yelled at by his dad, who is calling him dumb. Um, it's pretty awful. It is. It's scary. The, that, that's a good scene. It's scary. It is actually quite a frightening scene. It is. It is. Sorry. Uh, the dad tells Tom he has to cut the grass, even if it takes all night. And he gives him, like, the first he takes a new baseball mitt uses the that um cutting shears cutting shears thing for the grass cuts all the like fingers off That's of so the... sad it makes me so sad yep and then drops the shears in the grass and yeah. says um you are your mama's bastard and you're not my real son i wonder if he really meant that i wonder if he like that's the moment that he found out that that like really wasn't his dad or if the dad was just a jackass i think it could have gone either way could go either way yeah 
Um, so now we cut back to Tom under hypnosis, telling his mama he's fine and that he's not worth wasting any time on. And they show a video camera recording this hypnosis. And the reason that- Quote, they, unquote, hypnosis. Yeah. And actually, so Beth and I have gone down this rabbit hole. Yeah, we've talked about this. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm just going to skip over that. Yeah, we can. Okay. We, I'll just say this. I'll say that based on this movie- I would not say that he has multiple personality disorder. I will say that the defense created this defense to get out of him committing murder. I Based agree. on what you see in this movie. Yes, I agree. All right. In court, the hypnotherapist tells the jury that Tom ceased to be the night he was outside cutting grass when he was 13, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, and that she's observed six other personalities. They show the tape. <clears throat> he confesses to killing Kathy, but tells the therapist that Tom drove her out there, but another person killed her. Then there's a flashback to the murder. Kathy calls Tom a bastard and he flashes back to the scene where he was 13. So it appears that Tom thinks Kathy is his dad and shoots Kathy thinking it's his dad. And he empties her gun, his gun on her. Actually, he had to have emptied more than one gun. Mm. Right. I wrote emptied the gun, but 27 shots would not be in any gun. He he had to have. Yeah. So in the real murder, there were 27. She was shot 27, 27 times. times. But can't you put a whole bunch of bullets in some of those automatic guns? I, but the, the, listen, gu but if, the gun they showed on the thing God, was. Thank God my ch children don't listen to this because Jonas would be like, Mom, don't you know? No, uh, I don't know no. about guns. But I'm telling you that the gun they showed in the front seat with the blood was a. Uh, like a six chamber, yeah. Like the kind with that's the what it looked chambers. like to me. Yeah. So I don't know. I, I just it's 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 interesting. It was sort of like pick something to use as a defense, and this is what we'll stick with, even though what actually happened is probably not that at all. Yeah. Like you know mm -hmm. what I mean? It'll be your excuse. Like yeah, it's like oh she tr she suddenly triggered in him yeah. another personality that made him kill. Yeah. Her. Okay. So in court, Tom yells out, it was daddy, don't you see? And declares Kathy is still alive. Carol looks stoic with tears running down her face. That scene is embarrassing. Yeah, it is. In the next scene, Carol is at Acton Salvage to talk to Jim. She's Remember the man, the married, the, yeah, the married man who had an affair with Kathy. He apologizes to Carol. Carol tells Jim that she is going to run Acton Salvage because she has to make a living. To get her kids back. It's so, all right, now. <laughs> that was a great TV show. It's a living is yes. what I was just humming. It's true. We cut back now to Tom in prison speaking to Carol. He says he talked to Kathy yesterday and that she's all right. Kathy's sorry for the things she said. Carol tells him she's getting the kids back for good, so she's not going to be with him anymore. Then also, he's in jail, so there yeah, was then, no chance. There's that, too. Then Tom um, still talks about Kathy as if she's alive. Carol tells him goodbye, hangs up the prison phone, and leaves. Tom is still talking about Kathy. Finally, next scene, we see the two kids come home and reunite with Carol. The movie ends as they're all hugging in front of the house, and then the three walk inside with Carol's arms around. Is that when they had the melancholy children. music? Melancholy. I saw melancholy music. Melancholy I think that music. was at the end. Captions are the best. Uh, I told you that. Melancholy. melancholy. Um, I will say this, that we had a really 
So we're going to do the real murders of the made for TV movie club podcast. Mm -hmm. We had a very difficult time finding a lot of actual facts about Kathy. If you even look at the Wikipedia page, it's all about Tom. Yep. There's very little about her. I found nothing about what happened to the wife after the murder, basically. Yeah. Um, so there's just very little information. There's a whole fuckload about the murderer, yeah. which is frustrating. It's frustrating it us. all the time. Yes. And it's been frustrating us since the first episode we yeah. did this. Because it's never about the victim. It's no. always about the murderer. Uh, yeah. Like you pointed like, out, the Jody Arias murder. Yeah. She wasn't the victim. She's no, the murderer. She's the murderer. And what's his name? I don't know. I don't know. You don't remember. I think it's you thought Travis, it was Travis. But I don't know the last name. I don't know. And I we should Google know that, it. right? Yeah. We should because that person is a human being. All right. So all of the research per the use is in the show notes if you want to do some uh, Googling of your own. On November 21st, 1987, the nude body of Carol Kathy Carol Bonnie was found dumped next to the Dismal Swamp Canal in North Carolina. Kathy was 19 years old and lived in Chesapeake, Virginia with her parents and five siblings. So there were actually six kids in this house. Yep. She had been shot 27 times. Some of the shots were post-mortem. Good God. So somebody kept shooting afterwards. Yep. On the night Kathy was murdered, she and her father went to look at a truck that was for sale. Tom drove them across the border from Virginia to North Carolina, which is important only because jurisdiction came, became a big issue yes. at some point, but we're not even going to talk about that. Tom later stated that Kathy swore at him and grabbed a gun that, quote unquote, went off. They had been fighting over Kathy's married lover who worked for Tom. Although I think I read that Tom had fired the lover. I think like I read the week that before. too. Yeah. Yes. So my research says Tom owned an auto salvage yard, but I also found an, auto, an article that called him a junk dealer. So, and I think it's a horse apiece. Yeah, it probably is. I don't think it matters. It doesn't matter now. No. Initially, though, Tom reported Kathy missing the morning after the murder, saying she went to test drive a Chevy Blazer with a man named John and never returned. I mean, come on. Could you try a little harder with the name of somebody if you're going to make up a name? Really, John? Chevy Blazer? Yeah. How about a red Chevy Blazer? There you in go. 1987, there must have been, they must have had to look. I, that, run down my mom had thousands one. of Chevy Blazers. My mom had yeah, a red Chevy Blazer. It would be Chevy like Blazer. looking for a, a blue Taurus. Yeah. Oh, They're so everywhere. Kind of, yeah. I mean, he, he, I think he was smart enough to pick a, a name in a car that, you know, they would never run down. Yeah. After her body was found, Tom Bonnie stood by his version of events, although there were inconsistencies, leading authorities to believe he was a suspect. Susan Bonnie, Kathy's, I think it was the second oldest child. Was she Susan. was. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know how old she was, but I'm going to guess 16. Yeah. 17. Like that. She told investigators that he, she saw Kathy and Tom driving together the night of the murder and then later found bloodstains in Tom's vehicle. Mm -hmm. Several weeks after Kathy's murder, Tom Bonnie fled. His wife went into hiding out of fear, and the remaining children were removed from the Bonnie's custody by CPS. We also never found out if, if and when she ever got him back. We just there just isn't any information about no. that. And she, oh, did did um yeah, never mind. Continue. Sorry. After his apprehension, Tom Bonnie pleaded guilty, uh, pleaded not guilty, and the case went to trial. The defense argued that Bonnie suffered from multiple personality disorder, which is today we call it dissociative identity disorder. He was found guilty on November 25th, 1988, and given the death penalty on November 30th. However, on June 12th, 1991, the death penalty punishment was removed, and he was eventually resentenced re re to life in prison. On July 29th, 1984, he escaped from prison, but was subsequently caught. 
And you and I both read the same article where they thought he was dead because he left in a trash compactor. Yeah, he he and another prisoner hid in a trash compactor um, in 94. And he then went like down to Florida or something. I can't remember. And turned himself so. in because he was hungry and, and he needed, needed his medicine. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He claimed over the years that Kathy was not dead and that she's visited him in prison at night. Oh, and that's over. But guess what's next time? Oh, boy. Guess what we have for next time? Dolly, Dolly. Parton. Jolene. 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 When I was walking this morning, that came up. The, the Jolene that she does the with pen, pen, pentan, how do you pentatonics? Say? Pen, pentatonic? Pentatonic? Pentatonic. They did Jolene with her. Have you heard that version? Yes. It's beautiful. And it came up today. So I was like walking and jamming. I'm just laughing because neither of us has the name right. It's a, I listen to them all the time. I, I have no idea. With the, yes. And I actually remember listening to Jolene on a 45 on a record player at the Methodist church with a group. Yeah. They let you listen to Dolly at the church. Huh? Well, you know, it wasn't. Yeah. I love Dolly Parton. Methodist. So. I love, yes, Methodists. They're much They're more, a little more open. Yeah. All right. Unlike, so. wait, unlike the angels, the name of the movie, if you want to watch it, if not, we will tell you all the deets. Yeah. You don't need to watch it. I'm very excited. But about it's a that. lovely movie. And she's just so. Jolie. Oh, she's Jolie. Just amazing. And Jolie. the way she dresses. Jolie. I love Dolly Parton because she is who she is and she is not regretful and she doesn't make any no and any she excuses. does the things that she does and we should talk about this um we will talk so much about about her. the books for children the imagination she's a, yeah. the imagination library I think she's amazing called. she's she's, amazing. she's a hero she's an entrepreneur and she's a beautiful woman and she's awesome she yeah. makes and she's not apologetic for who she is no and i love it in a world in a misogynist world where everybody thought oh dumb blonde yeah yeah well you're wrong you people you, dolly yeah you be you all right do you have a favorite tv movie <laughs> from the 70s 80s or 90s you'd like us to review let us know you can find us on facebook at made for tv movie club podcast we're on Instagram at made underscore four underscore TV underscore movie underscore club or give um, the hashtag MFTVMC podcast a goog and you'll find us. Hashtag us. Yay. You can listen to us on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Breaker. Breaker 1-9. Yay. Feel free to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and tell your friends about us. All right. I almost said it. It. it <laughs> oh, yes, my God. All about all the things. All the things. Until the things. next time, we will see you right here in, in the, the clubhouse. clubhouse.